Welcome to the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. I'm Danny Horn. Thank you for joining us. On the podcast, we talk about pivotal moments in superhero movie history. Today, addressing the 2014 Olympic snowboarding event, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, you've got pressing concerns of your own to contend with, so I am using the Sid Field three-act structure to break up the episode. This is Act 1 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then I will be releasing Act 2 and Act 3 later on in the week. And now I want to introduce my guest, back by popular demand, my friend Sloan, illustrator and creator of the Hauntwares clothing line. Hey, Sloan. Hey. So I think that I'm here in a capacity of the TMNT mega fan. Hooray. I know, I know so much about Ninja Turtles. I love them. I have kind of a personal history with them. I would love to hear your personal history. Let's do it. Okay, so I grew up in New Hampshire in the 80s, mm-hmm. basically one town over from the uh, first iteration of Mirage Studios. Mm. So I knew about the Turtles like as soon as they came out. I mean, they, they <laughs> came out in 1984. They were all over local news because mm. they were basically an immediate smash hit. Yeah. Like, you know, they came out in 84 and I think they had the first cartoon like two or three years later. Right. So yeah. it was... And then in the 90s, I lived in Northampton, Massachusetts, which mm-hmm. is where they moved Mirage Studios <laughs> to. So I've been to the studios. I have, oh, well. I, I mean, I, I met the creators a couple of times. I actually, for a little while, I volunteered at Kevin Eastman's Comics Museum that was in Northampton. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I kind of have a, not a super close personal history, but I know them and I love them. I have been a Ninja Turtles fan since they were created. Oh, that's fantastic. What's your favorite like version of the Turtles? So I really love the 2012 IDW comic book version. Okay. I mean, obviously, the original Mirage black and white comics are, you know, amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're so fun. I love the uh 90s movie mm-hmm. i mean they're they're all great they're all great e- except for the one that we're talking about today and you're not and you didn't mention the cartoon well the cartoon is fun i don't necessarily know if it holds up but it's what obviously started my fandom as a kid i had all the toys all of the i i yeah it was a big deal excellent oh this is gonna be so much fun my main memory of teenage mutant Ninja turtles i worked at a comic store in the 80s and I remember just all of the ripoff Turtles comics, the black and white <laughs> ripoff comics, the game, like adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. And mm-hmm. my favorite was preteen dirty jean kung fu kangaroos. That is the one I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, there were, and there were so many more. And uh, there was sort of this black and white independent comics boom that was the Turtles responsible for that? Or was it like a bunch of things? They were primarily it's because the first issues of Ninja Turtles became so immediately popular and huge. Mm-hmm. They did yeah. like, they did so many print, like this is a tiny little two person yeah. black and white indie comics production that was doing like four or five, six reprints of like their first five issues because they were <laughs> selling out Just selling everywhere. Out, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do like a backstory for the movie. Nickelodeon bought the Turtles in 2009 so that they could produce a new animated series and a new live action movie franchise. And they brought Michael Bay on to produce. This was a sensible move because Bay was in the middle of another big budget toy store tentpole franchise Transformers, which were ridiculous and not very good. And people tend to not like them, but they were extremely financially successful. 
And if you're in the toy store, you're looking at Transformers, you take three steps down the aisle, what are you going to find? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you can Mm. see where they were coming from. Yeah, absolutely. They ran into a a couple of roadblocks during pre-production because they started out with a script that was just called Ninja Turtles. Because they were going to make the turtles aliens from another dimension rather than mutants. Yeah, let's be glad they did not go that route. Well, Michael Bay announced this in 2012. And then basically everyone who had ever even heard of the turtles told him that was a terrible idea. Because it is. Because it is a terrible idea and, and just kind of ruins who they are. It went through at least three teams of scriptwriters before they finally put the thing on film, and it is not seamless. No, it very much shows. Plus, there was an important mid-course correction in the casting that happened very late in the filming, and that basically derails the entire movie plot-wise, but we will get to that. That's coming up later on. So I'm just going to run the numbers. This movie is considered basically successful because it exceeded first weekend predictions by quite a bit. And it ended up with $191 million at the domestic box office. It was number 15 for the year, which is good, but it, it's not that great. But 2014 was this goofy-ass year at the box office with tons of big franchise and sequel movies crowding out everything else. There was, if you don't mind, there was Guardians of the Galaxy, Hunger Games 3, Captain America Winter Soldier, The Lego Movie, The Hobbit, Transformers, Maleficent. X-Men, Big Hero 6, there was a Planet of the Apes movie, there was an Amazing Spider-Man movie, there was Godzilla and 22 Jump Street, and then there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There is not a grown-up movie in the whole top 15. No, some of them were okay. No, they were were very good films, but they're not like adult person films, they're all goofy films. Kids must have been going to the movies in enormous crowds in 2014. I don't know if you remember in 2014 when the streets were just entirely empty. You'd walk around <laughs> and there's no kids out. Like they were all at the movies. They must have been. Movie was not loved by critics. It got 21% on Rotten Tomatoes and was generally considered an imposition on the time and patience of the American people. Yes. But successful enough for a sequel. All right. Eyes focused, elbows locked, stance low, and we begin with Act One. Movie begins with an opening animation and a little pep talk from Splinter the Giant Lab Rat. He says a dark force is growing. There is a criminal organization known as the Foot Clan. So named because they step over the good people of the city. Oh, that is so dumb. That is so (laughs) dumb. That is not what they're named for. No, not at all. Well, I mean, they're named because they're a parody of Daredevil and Mm -hmm. the ninja clan in Daredevil is called the Hand. Right. And they are... It just doesn't make any sense. This is one of the very first things that makes no sense. And we're like eight seconds into the movie. There is a a shot of a sword being pulled slowly out of its scabbard and it's doing the knife noise. This scraping sound that they always do in movies, which I think is funny because that noise is metal scraping against metal, which is the thing you're not supposed to do. Like that makes the blade more dull. That is not optimal. The insides of... Sword scabbards are usually like fabric, cotton, felt. So that this specifically does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why if you're in a horror movie and you hear that like swing knife noise, you're like, okay, cool. Like, fuck up your blade, dude. (laughs) I'm, I'm feeling safer already. As part of this animation, we see a blade cut through an apple and then a watermelon like they're playing Fruit Ninja. I was going to say the exact same thing. (laughs) And they also destroy a VHS tape for some reason. 
And yeah, I want to know what was on that. Like, no. why? What was it? The print of the movie? Splinter said, "You must have patience. You are not ready to make anything but fruit salad and destroy legacy media." And they show the title card, and it says "Teenage Mutant" in really small letters, and then "Ninja Turtles" in really big letters. Like they're just ashamed of the full title of their movie. It just it feels like they don't actually get the joke of the entire franchise. No. Like they thought it was too silly, but silly is the point of this. It makes sense from a dumb marketing position. I don't really get it. Yeah. All right. Fade in on Megan Fox pretending to listen to people, which is a big part of her job. And she is terrible at it. Yeah. Megan is a very beautiful woman, apparently. I am informed. But she is terrible. The worst thing about her is her unbelievably Botoxed forehead which makes the top half of her face basically immovable. It is like an impenetrable wall. See, I think it's the fact that she can't close her mouth completely. That is another problem. April O'Neil, she works for Channel 6 News. Which is also from the cartoon and not from the comics. So right. this is why they're they're adapting the cartoon. Mm-hmm. She And she's being, and Vern, is Vern the cameraman in the cartoon as well? Yes, yes. And he, uh, I think that Will, Nar- Will Arnett actually makes a pretty good Vernon yeah, because that character is very conceited, very, uh, you know, aloof. But at the same time, the Vernon in the original cartoon is like super gay, like super <laughs> gay. Uh, and will that's that's the aspect that's not coming across. And I really wish that it was. No, they're doing the opposite. So what are your thoughts on this version of April O'Neil? I mean, it's it's a Michael Bay movie. This is this is I mean, I know it wasn't directed by him, but this is a Michael Bay ver- movie produced movie. Yeah. And it's got his gross ass leer all over it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, we have Megan Fox from Transformers, which is obviously why she's here. Right. She's window dressing. There are any number like every other iteration of April O'Neil has been a better character, more agency, more intelligence more strength not Mm. an object to be stared at for the entire runtime and there's a joke about that later in the movie that's just she's always been attractive Mm -hmm. but that has never been the point the primary yeah the primary thing about her well she's pretending to interview this guy at the docks about a big chemical robbery perpetrated by the foot clan and will is yelling at her to go film some news footage instead he says don't you think everyone is trying to work this foot clan story So let's talk about the Foot Clan, because they are a very important element of this movie, and they do not make any sense at all. No. The Foot Clan is a criminal gang, apparently run by a ninja, but I don't think they actually know any martial arts. And can I just say, I hate the look of the Foot Soldiers in this. Yes, this is the moment to do that. Their masks are so dumb. I mean, in every (laughs) other iteration of Ninja Turtles, the Foot Soldiers look like ninjas they yes. have full you know they have those full facial feature obscuring masks yeah. and here it's more like it's a balaclava and then like there's paint on their face and they're wearing flak jackets and they're holding machine guns and they don't do any martial arts at all no and they are responsible for a crime wave in new york city that has apparently been going on for 15 years and my question is why can't somebody like is there actually such a thing as a crime wave by one specific group of people that everybody knows about? Like, the fact that you can call it a crime wave says to me they're really bad at covering their tracks. And these are people who make a shit ton of noise. 
I yeah. don't know how they I don't know how they've remained at large. But April is complaining to Vern. She went to journalism school for four years. All she gets is exercise related puff pieces. And Vern does this funny comedy routine where he's trying to give her a pep talk. And he's also trying to hit on her. And it doesn't work. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know when we get to call time on cringy trying to hit on a coworker comic relief relationships. But yeah. that is what we have here. Next thing you know, it is nighttime and there is nighttime crime going on down at the docks. There are canisters of something expensive and important and bad guys are stealing them. They're breaking into shipping containers and pointing machine guns at the cans, which seems entirely unnecessary. But they are very intense about everything that they do. They find one pallet of the canisters and they're like, move it out, move out. Next point. Go, go, go. So that's that's our first go, go, go for the movie, by the way. It will not be the last. No. We find out later that they are working for somebody who's very rich and runs a science lab. So why they can't just buy these chemicals, I have no idea. Well, how do you think they make a profit? You know, the guy's rich because he steals. (laughs) April's there on her bicycle. She's being a scrappy reporter. She tries to call for a camera crew and they say no and hang up on her. And then it starts raining. And it's like a huge checklist of things that Megan Fox just wouldn't do. Suddenly something else is here. It's jumping around. It's making noises. It is throwing dudes into shipping containers. And there's a lady named Karai who is a character from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, she is from the original comics. She's basically been put into most iterations of the Turtles. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what she is here. I don't know why they included her. The thing is, in every other iteration, she is Shredder's daughter. Mm -hmm. She's not here. She's nobody. She's basically she's basically a hairstyle. She yells, retreat, retreat. And they all get into their sport utility vehicles like ninjas so often do. <laughs> and when she yells retreat in the background, there's a guy who yells, move, move, move. So now we got one go, go, go and one move, move, move. I will be pointing these out because you can tell how exciting a movie is by how many go, go, goes there are. We will be following this as it happens. April almost gets a glimpse of a turtle. But then it disappears, and now it's just April O'Neil just hanging around the crime scene by herself, looking at a Japanese phrase painted on a storage container, which she thinks is significant. Yeah, and plus it, it's gr- it looks like they painted it in like coagulated blood or something. Ugh. Yeah, and we don't – that's a very mysterious little element of the movie because they paid a close attention to it in like two scenes. But we don't see the turtles like tagging things. April goes to the Channel 6 newsroom where Whoopi Goldberg is in charge in a cameo role that I think is actually quite effective. Yeah, yeah, she's perfect here. I mean, in the original cartoon, in the 80s cartoon, this character was basically supposed to be a Perry White stand in Mm -hmm. and it worked and it works here. Yeah, it's a very Whoopi Goldberg role. She's great at it. Yeah. April comes in with a crazy story about a vigilante fighting back against the Foot Clan and obviously nobody believes her. Because you should never believe women. There's a Channel 6 morning news scene about the NYPD partnering with Eric Sachs and Sachs Industries. And as soon as you hear Industries, you know the guy <laughs> is evil. Like, you don't you don't get the word Industries in a kid's movie unless, unless it's an evil dude. It's also weird that the police department is teaming up with a private <laughs> company. It just... Yeah, he says, I'm funding, I'm funding the police. Yeah, it's very confusing. So you have a, a ninja crime organization that wants to be very visible, apparently. Yeah. yeah. 
what underground crime organization wants to wants people to know known? who they are i know well, the, i know why do they yeah i know it's so weird so karai is trying to talk to shredder who is in shadow and he is unhappy he talks in angry japanese he's also like he's also been all dead pulled up his face yeah. is all scarred and messed up and they don't want to show him in direct lighting yeah and again he's he's not an unattractive person they just slap some putty on him to make mm-hmm. him look fucked up for weird for, yeah. again no reason no reason whatsoever well especially since he's only in he's in a couple of scenes and then he's in the sh- and, and then he's in the shredder costume almost all the time shredder says the most baffling series of things as follows yes i don't believe in fairy tales it's what society wants to reduce the foot clan to what a myth but the foot clan will rise again what again that's not what a clandestine operation wants no they'll rise do we really want them to rise that makes sense capture the vigilante however you can no one will stop us in our quest to reclaim victory what and he and he he closes with we will own this city again something that doesn't make any (laughs) sense i mean yeah Organized crime wants to control an area, but they don't want to run a city. No. You know, they don't want to have, they don't want to become the municipal services. (laughs) There's a fancy party where Eric Sachs is talking to fancy people about the foot's crime wave. And he says, 15 years ago, he was a young scientist doing cutting edge research and their lab was attacked by the cowards who call themselves the foot clan. So the point of the scene is April knows him. Saks worked with her father, her dead father, and that is very important to the plot, such as it is. Um, it yeah. is also, uh, once again, a superhero movie with heavy involvement of a dead dad, which we have seen distressingly often. And this is also another funny thing, because in the comics, April's father runs an antique store. <laughs> well, they need this for the plot. There's no there's no antiques are not dramatic. They don't need. They don't. They have no use for antiques. The Ninja Turtles browsing an antique store would have been a much. Oh my God, that would have been great. This, I would have right? enjoyed that a lot. Absolutely, there are like so many at... scenes. You know, now that you say that, it occurs to me that like having the four Ninja Turtles do almost anything. You just say say the name of a setting, submarines, and you put four Ninja Turtles into that. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah, you can't put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anywhere where it's not automatically dramatic except in this movie where they managed to do it all the time i don't get it april's still on the case she's in Vern's van he's patronizing her she sees people running out of the subway and because she is a plucky journalist she runs into the subway and directly into harm's way we now what happens next is we don't actually see the turtles we see like little shadows and bits of them we see a little piece of their lair and all of their screens that are showing video feeds of the subway station where there is, quote, heavy, heavy Foot Clan action. <laughs> How did they find that out? This is the problem of screens in modern sim- cinema, which I think is a big issue. It's yeah. like this fantasy that if you have a lot of monitors and they're all showing different things, inevitably it will show you impossible things. <laughs> so they see on the screens that the Foot Clan's taking hostages. The turtles are not supposed to go above ground, but... The subway is not technically above ground anyway. So they all take their little swords and size and they take off. April runs into the subway station 
everyone else in the world is running out. And guess what? There is actually heavy Foot Clan action. There's these guys all in black with their camo faces and their flak jackets. One thing that occurs to me, actually, is it possible that ninjas are just expensive for a movie? Like, you need to have very specific stuntmen, and you have to do, like, way more fight choreography. That's a good point. That's a good point. And this yeah, feels a lot cheaper. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But but then again, I mean, everything in this movie is CGI, so just have some CGI ninjas <laughs> CGI, jumping around, yes, you know? That's true. She gets caught by one of the mercenaries and dragged downstairs. They got a whole bunch of terrorized commuters lined up against the walls. And they have a whole bunch of bombs that they attach to the wall. Yeah, that doesn't like, why are they doing this again? I believe it's to bring the turtles out of hiding. But why you would put plastic explosive on the wall, like every two feet too. Like they're really, there's a bunch of bombs. They're real close to each other. Yeah, none of this like makes any sense. Like they could have just like, done a robbery like they could have done anything else they could have they could have just (laughs) taken people hostage but how do you not catch these guys like you can't draw attention to yourself and then evade arrest for 15 years well i mean the whole point behind superhero movies is that the cops are completely ineffective i mean cops are completely ineffective anyway (laughs) right true (laughs) but they have to be even more so but they're not even but they're not even defunded because eric Sachs has given them a whole bunch of money but Karai is there, and she shouts, we know you're out there. Come out, or we start executing hostages. And then all aboard, arriving out of the tunnel on a subway train. Here come the turtles. One of the things that I actually do like about this movie mm-hmm. is that the action is fun. Yeah. I have no problem well, with any of the fight scenes or the action scenes, really. Sometimes they're confusing. Sometimes they're too confusing. I have, I have, There are a couple of fights where I'm going to point at that and say, I don't know where any of the characters are. But I do, but most of the action I do like, and I agree that this one is fun. Yeah. Because they're just kind of like bouncing people around. They're doing fun turtle stuff. And again, they're supposed to be like partly in shadow. So you can't, because we're, you know, we're not letting the audience see the turtles yet. And they look great. Yeah. Yeah. They're also killing a bunch of guys. Like they bounced (laughs) a guy through the glass window of a moving subway train. Yeah. There's, you're not, I don't care how much flak armor you're wearing. You're not going to live through that. Bloodless murder with no consequence. That is that is what we see. Karai gets thrown into a tile wall so hard that it smashes the tile. How is her <laughs> spine in one piece? She's fine. She has an adamantium skeleton. They don't say that, I but that's, so. that must be the so. case. <laughs> the turtles slip away, but April is watching, and she kind of follows them up. April is standing at ground level uh-huh. in, <laughs> New York, she, in New York, New York City. City. The noisiest city on the planet. And she hears four dudes talking (laughs) on a rooftop that's like, what, 15 stories up? Yeah, real high. Like, how? And she she climbs up the fire escape, too. Yeah, also they're ninjas. Why are they booming out at the top of their voices? (laughs) This is is another thing that I have a problem with this iteration. Loud loud ninjas. They're not teenagers. They're obnoxious college frat bros yes yeah well this is this is now our first this is now our first look at the turtles so yeah tell me tell me your turtles opinions oh oh my god one of the great things about the ninja turtles is their character design Mm -hmm. you know they're simultaneously weird and kind of menacing but Mm -hmm. also cute right like even in the first gritty black and white you know underground comics mirage comics of the of the 80s they're still pretty cute yeah yeah 
You know, they got those round faces like they're making the they're making their gritted teeth faces. But (laughs) Ninja Turtles are still kind of basically inherently cute. Yes. These things (laughs) are not cute at all. One of the big jokes about this character design when the movie came out is they all look like Shrek and they really do. (laughs) Yeah, they look like Shrek. It's gross. They're yeah. giant. They're not supposed to be giant. Every iteration of the turtles has them around four, four and a half feet tall. Yeah, I, I like, I like the big turtles. Really, I do because it's because they had real because they had real guys. They had like real, real people wearing mocap suits, including yeah, a, but they a had... big, including a big shell on their back, which is it's very funny. If you look for pictures of like Alan Richson and and Megan Fox filming, like. You can see like they have this huge shell, which I just oh, think yeah. is great. Well, but then again, in the in the 90s live action movies, they had guys in turtle suits, too. And but they were shorter. They were shorter and they were cute costumes. Yeah. Oh, and the, but know? I totally agree about the not cute. Like the skin is weird looking. The face is definitely they have small eyes. They're all draped in these weird dangly accessories that make them look like crows <laughs> dressed them. <laughs> Donatello's glasses is the thing. Donatello, Donatello. I love Donatello. He's my favorite turtle in general. And I think he's one of the few that came out unscathed in this movie, like design yeah. aside. I like his glasses that I liked okay. that when this movie came out and a bunch of stuff have a bunch of different turtles iterations have since used that. Yeah. Like the net, like the new uh, CGI movie that's coming out uses mm-hmm. that. And I think it, I, I love it. I think it's great. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that. Thank you. They're doing little quips here and there, trying to dis- distinguish the different characters. And Michelangelo starts yeah. right out with comments about how hot April is, which is going to continue through the entire movie up to yeah. the very last second. Michelangelo is extremely horny. It's in this the movie. worst part. I hate it. It's the worst <laughs> part of them all. It's like yeah. Michelangelo is usually people's favorite. Yeah. Because he's the lighthearted party dude. Uh-huh. Here he's just like a gross sexual harasser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cannot take a hint, who doesn't read the room, who no. kind of like assumes that April is his girlfriend now. And he's the creepiest looking one. He has the creepiest looking face. He really is. Yeah. I can't imagine what they were thinking with that face. Like they're they're weird, overly anthropomorphized human mouths. Yeah, are so gross, <laughs> so gross, and they put yeah. so many close-ups of them. Yeah, and and just and Michelangelo's face in general. There's just like the tiny little eyes. It just looks super yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah, it looks awful. April faints. Obviously, that's what happens. Yeah, and then she wakes up, surrounded by the turtles, and. Now they have a little conversation. They are all like posing and flexing and showing off how weird they are. They say like, we're ninjas and mutants and technically we're turtles and we're teenagers. And it's weird to me that they don't know what they're called. (laughs) Like somebody in this movie should know. And so she hears all their names. Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo. And she is starting to remember something as we learn later, but you, you don't actually get that from the scene. Cause Megan Fox doesn't know how to do facial expressions. No. So they all jump into the sewer and they do kind of like this funny little slide through the sewers. And, and so one thing that I think that this movie does well is they show the turtles having fun. 
Yes. Just doing just about simple say. stuff like running around. Like they just fully enjoy their weird lives. And, and that is kind of infectious and fun. Like they slide around and they go off a jump and they all get stuck in this tunnel entrance. Yeah. And I really like that. I thought yeah. that was great. Yes, I totally agree. And then Mikey farts. Because of course he had to. <sighs> Which kind of spoils it, but never mind. I mean, it did, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh... Yep. But seeing them having fun like that, really active fun, is is really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. It's one of the few times in the movie where they actually act like teenage brothers. Right. Yeah. There's a couple more that we'll get to, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, but I agree. Like, I think, I think you can really appreciate those scenes as like the scenes where, where the movie actually works. April goes home and here's a big plot moment. She goes into her closet where for some reason she has a box of keepsakes from her father's death. Yeah. It's all of these like journals and things that should have, that should have been confiscated (laughs) or burned up in the fire that killed him. How did yeah. she get all of it? Yeah, he was he was a scientist and he was working on something called Project Renaissance, which is cute because it's the Renaissance yeah. names. But she has this box and she pulls out all these lab notes. And and why don't the villains want it is a question. Like Sax finds out that she has a bunch of stuff and he never asks her about it. Like this like is exactly there's... the kind of thing that he should be looking for. Yeah, wouldn't there be notes on how to replicate the substance that exactly. they want? You know? Yeah, they are not interested. The movie is not this. The only reason that she has this is so that she can remember stuff. So she's got a little camcorder that she used when she was a little girl messing around in her dad's lab where she watched them inject stuff into tiny turtles and one rat for some reason. Why the turtles? Well, I, I guess I understand why a rat because rats are, you know, but why turtles? Yeah, what are they trying what are they hoping they will do? Yeah, it's like why turtles? Because turtle the reason they use rats is because rats' physiology is is closer to humans. Right. And you can predict things better, but right. turtles are not. I like that they're all their shells are all marked with the turtles. Each one has the turtle color. I think that's cute. The turtles get home to their lair and they are afraid that their rat father sensei is Who also gonna- looks really fucking gross. He doesn't look good. Like, like why do they have splinter? Like, his head is all balding. Yeah. You know, it's like he's a naked mole rat, kind of. (laughs) And there's no reason for him to have, like, blotchy, exposed skin all over his face and head. And huge black eyes. The 90s movie, the the splinter puppet that they used was incredible. Yeah. Because he looked like a rat. Mm -hmm. He looked older. You know, he looked a little bit worn. Well, he was, he was, he felt fuzzy. I like that. I know, I know, but that's, I'm saying that's a good thing. And, and Splinter just looks kind of slimy. So there's tension here between Leonardo and Raphael. There always is. It's sort of this character arc where he's real dissatisfied. He wants to leave the group. And that is that, that's always there. Yeah. There's always that tension between Leonardo and Raphael. Like yeah. in the in the 2007 TMNT uh, CGI movie, that was a major plot point, and it was excellent. They kind of yeah. wrote they they wrote a big part of the movie around that. Uh, here, it's just a dumb thing they shoehorned in for no reason because it's something that has happened in the franchise before. Well, it's kind of the only character arc 
as far as the turtles go. It's I mean, it's a character arc in the superhero movie way of like somebody has a feeling and then by the end of the movie, they have a slightly different feeling. Yeah, that's basically what happens to Raphael. It's like at the end, for basically no reason, he decides, oh, I want to I want to hang with you guys anyway. Back to April, she's in Whoopi Goldberg's office. This is the other Whoopi Goldberg scene. And she's setting up a, a crazy person whiteboard with pictures that she's printed out of all these crime scenes where they found the same graffiti mark. She's written on the board the word kanji, and she's put a circle around it. <laughs> and then she writes Japan, <laughs> and she puts a circle around that too. I didn't notice that, but that's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I That is so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> There's something connecting these. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg comes in, and I love this dialogue. April says, I was awake all night Googling all of the thwarted crimes over the past three months. What? And this symbol appeared at every single one. And I love that because I like imagining Megan Fox at home Googling thwarted crimes. (laughs) Like, how does that idea come into somebody's mind? Oh, my God. Thwarted crimes, NYC foot. Yeah, exactly. And she's going off on the symbol, which she says is an ancient Japanese symbol that means family. Another dumb, quote unquote, world building detail that was. Yeah, she she warned in that they forget about. She tries to show Whoopi the lab video of the turtles and it's just not working. And Whoopi Goldberg has like a funny little reaction scene and then kicks her out. And then that's the end of Whoopi Goldberg for the rest of the movie. Yeah, get, she just immediately gets fired, which I guess yeah. is the responsible, reasonable reaction. Oh, to no, this. you would have to. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the only possible course to take. Yeah, I don't blame her at all. Now April is fired. And and so here's Vern. He's very sympathetic because she's pretty. And he's still trying to hit on her constantly. Everyone does. He's telling her to give up and she will not because she is a plucky heroine. She wants him to drive her to the Eric Sachs estate. Why is she still trying to do this? She's unemployed. She she is still, as far as she's concerned, she this is still her story. She's still on the case. The whole concept of this, of her being a journalist, kind of, at, this is the moment where that just ends. Where it's not really about a story and you don't, yeah, you don't really know what she's doing. Splinter comes in and catches all of the turtles at home. I don't know why he's, that means he's caught them. And he sends them to the Hashi. Yes. Which is this this place where now they're all being punished and they're doing various endurance exercises. And if they break, they have to tell Splinter the truth for some reason. I thought this was kind of cute. I mean, I I, I like it. They're having to do all these like awful ninja skill things. All this like balance Uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was cute. It is cute. Mostly the scene is here because this is where they do the Pizza Hut product placement. Yeah, he brings that, in a Pizza Hut box and then he tempts them with how gooey and delicious it is. They do product placement like the first 90s movie had the whole Domino's scene. Yeah, but at least it was a little bit more natural. <laughs> I mean, this is it's the kind of thing that like I can't even blame them for this because it's like, well, obviously you do that. Yeah, You know, obviously you get a pizza, you get Pizza Hut to be the sponsor. It's just like they just had to get it out of their system. And yeah. so fine. That was the pizza. Also, I like the fact that Splinter was describing this pizza as some kind of insane custom made. You're not going to get a a 99 cheese pizza from fucking Pizza Hut. (laughs) You'll be lucky if you get a two cheese pizza. He's making a big deal about it, too. Yeah, that was funny. 
And no toppings. Yeah, no, just plain cheese. Yeah, weird. I guess if you've got 99 cheeses, that's all you need. <laughs> that's true. It's hard to fit anything else. That pizza should be like six inches thick. <laughs> I know. Some of those cheeses, it must be like little nanoparticles. The plot thing is that they tell Splinter about April O'Neil, and he is very worried because he recognizes the name. He says, April O'Neil is in danger. And so they got to go and find her. And that is where we're at plot wise. There's another super obvious joke coming up that they have to do. And this time they do not do it well. This is the heroes on the half shell moment. Yeah. Where April is telling Vern about the turtles and he doesn't believe her. And then suddenly he just says heroes on the half shell for absolutely no reason. Because that's a thing from a previous iteration that fans would that recognize. They just had to say. You can tell that Will Arnett did not want to say that line because it just doesn't <laughs> fit in the scene. And he does not. He makes no effort, I think correctly, to, yeah. to have that feel natural in the scene. He just, just thinks that somebody has to say. And this is now the moment. So now April's visiting Eric Sachs, rich man, CEO man, at his super big house upstate. They make a big deal about how huge the house is because it's got like six different things, completely different things packed inside this house. In my head, Sachs is the Michael Bay stand in. <laughs> he is just he is gross. He's leering. He's yeah. maniacal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And he actually he has paid for all of these things to be on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He is absolutely Michael Bay. He's happy to see her. We don't know that he's the villain yet. Even but, though we know he's the villain. But we know he's the villain. <laughs> uh, he worked with her father, knew her as a little girl. So he gets to deliver this enormous amount of exposition. She tells him about the vigilantes and says, you and my father may have created them. And she says, tell me everything about Project Renaissance. And he tells her everything. And so here it is. Here's This is Sax's sob story, which does not make any sense to me at all. All. Here's what he says. I was born in Japan on a military base in Okinawa. My father went to Vietnam, didn't come back. I was an outsider in a foreign land, a freak. I was a powerless and helpless boy. What? <laughs> you were on a military base. Your dad died. Did they just like open the gates and like push you out? Yeah. That, and now you're like... just like a, a homeless orphan in Japan. What happened? Like he and no explanation as to yeah. any of that. No. How did he end you know? up on the outside of the gate? You know, I don't have any real illusions about military bases. I just don't. No, don't no, no. The... But I mean, they would have sent him to America to be with some relatives there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, they just kicked him out. And now he's just poor yeah. and helpless and alone until a local sensei took me under his wing and he saved me. So that's what happens in Japan. And then he gives this baffling speech about an evil warlord in ninth century Japan who poisoned his water supply, bringing death and disease and suffering, not unlike the Foot Clan. I don't I don't know what that could possibly mean. And then one day a hero rose, a great alchemist who discovered the antidote to the warlord's poison. Your father and I were trying to recreate that cure all. We developed a mutagen capable of stimulating self-repair on a cellular level, which I do not believe is what the word mutagen means. No, it's not. I'm no expert, but I think I think that's a different word. And then there's the fire, which I love. There was a fire, and April's dad died, and they lost everything in the fire, except for the turtles and the rat and the lab notes and the recordings and all these binders and all the other stuff that April managed to save and bring home. 
instead of doing anything to help her father who was burning alive. Yeah. So they lost everything except everything. Except everything, which April had. But she left her dad in the fire. Yeah. Like, how did she get out with... Why didn't she get him out? Yeah. She was able to carry these file boxes full of garbage. (laughs) She's like, okay, here I go. Yeah. Dad, you're all right? Okay, cool. And the animals. I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. And she takes the animals. Sack says that the last of the mutagen is in those turtles' blood. So he is hoping that she finds them. And she does. And you know how she does it? She goes home and she Googles vigilante news in New York, (laughs) which I think is great. Donatello hacks her computer somehow and says hi and then gives her a message to go to some street corner and get kidnapped. And that's what she does. I thought it was cute. You know, he's all weird and nerdy and awkward. And that's why he's the one turtle that came out good in this movie. I thought. Is it going to be the case that every time I mention Donatello, you're going to be like, I think he's great. I love him. He's so great in this movie. Okay, Now I know. All right. They take her down the sewer. It's like, here's our Fortress of Solitude, our Hogwarts, our Xavier Academy. I have to say, I think that set is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. No, it's really cool. Yeah. There's a wall of boom boxes. I thought that was really fun. I know. I I don't know where they I don't know where they found them all. (laughs) Like, were they specifically going to like recycling depots to collect all of these old yes. broken boomboxes. Well, well, that was the thing is, is um, you know, in the 90s, once boomboxes weren't popular anymore, everyone just flushed them down the toilet. April is probably very surprised by all this, although with her forehead, there's really just no way to tell. Yeah. But Splinter says he will explain everything and all will be made clear, which is absolutely not the case. Because this is the end of Act 1 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Act 2 is coming later this week and it is packed with excitement. Here's what's coming up. She used to visit her dad's lab where they were injecting radioactive material into four turtles and one rat. It was a very specific experiment. You cannot have two rats. As soon as you involve any more rats, they start getting competitive with each other. It throws the whole vibe off. This is the dumbest version of that dumb concept. Now that he knows about the turtles, they will stop at nothing. They will bring the fight to us. And then guess what happens? They stop at nothing, and they bring the fight to us. He says he's going to drain every last ounce of blood from them, even if it kills them. <laughs> right. Don't you think that... Yeah, no, he, what he means is it definitely will kill them, and that's the thing that we are doing. All right, stay tuned for that. Thank you, Sloan, for joining me. You're welcome. And I will meet you back here for Act 2 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. Thanks for listening. Technically, we're turtles. Oh, and we're teenagers. But we can still have adult conversation.